ladies and gentlemen. My name is Seth Askerson, and thank you for joining us yet again for another episode of the Founders Podcast. Today's episode with OUAZ head baseball coach Tim Montez. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, you know, every day seems like Groundhog's Day, but uh, other than that, uh, just blessed to uh, be healthy. Well, for um, OUAZ, uh, we have great facilities and uh, everything, every day was Groundhog Day for us. I think uh, we'd be in paradise for sure, at least uh, in terms of a workplace level. And um, the idea behind these Founders podcasts is to talk to everybody who's been on campus since day one and really been with the school since um, it was just a, a building and a bunch of dirt parking lots. And you've seen the growth. For you, what is this school done at least in your eyes and in, in the growth and in, in the three years that it's taken to really build up a, a pretty nice little campus as it is right now yeah it's it's amazing uh you know god, how god works and and how he puts you where he wants you and you know i can remember that first um that first meeting with uh you know a room full of coaches head coaches uh, that were just hired I think this was like in January about geez over three years ago and you know it's it was just the one building there and uh, you know our administration um, you know did a great job of kind of you know giving us a vision of of what uh, what they wanted to build and and you know how it would impact the community and you know, so it was, it, it's been a, a labor of love and, and, uh, you know, with, with anything, uh, whether you're trying to rebuild something or brand, or build something brand new, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and, uh, a lot of adversities, but a lot of positives too. And, you know, we're, we're still going through that, you know, up and down phase, but we're starting to see it level out a little bit now. And, um, you know, and, and it's it's neat to see something grow and the community really rally around this university. Uh, and I think it's exactly what, uh, you know, what God had in store was it was just to, you know, start a new Christian university in, a, in a, one of the fastest growing communities in the country. And, and then he'll do the rest. You know, we're just kind of his instruments. So uh, all, all of us head coaches and assistant coaches and administration, faculty and staff are are just uh, kind of long for the ride, uh, but we've got our jobs to do, and uh, and everyone tries to do them the best they can. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of um, in those early days, the the coaches were pretty much uh, in the same rooms. And uh, Matt Gow, the men's soccer coach, told us a story about how um, really at first it was kind of cafeteria style tables for all the coaches to sit at and. Um, what was that like in those early days when uh, you're so close to the other coaches and, and those trying to build the school, not just their respective programs? And what was that camaraderie, camaraderie if I can say that correctly, like um, in those early days just between uh, the entire department? Well, you got to know each other pretty quickly. And, and uh, you know, we gave it a shot. I'll be honest, we gave it a shot early, you know, and, and it was more like, uh, you know, just having your own little uh, table and uh, there wasn't much privacy. But, geez, for the first year or so, um, year and a half, you know, we pretty much, my staff met at, we met uh, at my house uh, at the time we were running a house um, here in Surprise. And we just made it our, our home. Uh, our guys would come. Uh, they knew they could just walk in and, and, uh, we had a, a living area there and I had my office there with a printer. We all had our laptops and, you know, so we did a lot of our work from, from our house, just like a lot of coaches did. And then when we transitioned into kind of our little cubicles, um, you know, it, it, it was tough because it was, you know, you, you'd be trying to have a conversation and then all of a sudden you're, you're listening to the coach next to you and, you know he's talking about uh you know trapping defense and you know or or uh you know I, I hear Matt Gow talking about soccer and uh, I gotta admit I, I became a little more educated on 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 those sports uh 
through osmosis. <laughs> but uh, it's all good, man. You know, that's just part of the thing. I, I just, I, I kicked myself and I told, I told uh, uh, my wife this uh, not too long ago is, you know, if we were smart and, you know, from, we would have, we would have, we, we would have, we would have had a, a, someone follow us from day one with a video camera on a daily basis and really, uh, you know, put together a, 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 a kind of a running history of, you know, day to day and how this thing has grown and, and just all that kind of stuff. It would have been really neat to see that. Um, but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. It certainly is. And uh, for OUAZ, it looks like uh, Vision Ahead is somewhat 2020 with all the great facilities that took about three years to build to get everything. But for your program, um, you didn't have to wait on uh, fantastic facilities. You got to use Surprise Stadium, the spring training complex. How big was that for you in year one of a brand new program that you were able to use those facilities and, and really have MLB-like facilities um, to recruit for? Well, that's everything, you know, um, I've been coaching for over 30 years and, and, you know, and I've been blessed to have been around some great places, you know, with phenomenal facilities. Uh, you know, I saw 11 years, I was at Jacksonville university and, and I saw, you know, the improvements that, uh, uh, that, that facility took over the years I was there, uh, you know, with, with coach uh, Alexander who hired me as associate head coach. And, you know, then after he retired after 30 plus years, you know, I took over the program and we continue to improve, but, you know, when you have facilities like the, you know, the surprise complex there where the Rangers and Royals, you know, have their spring training, you know, it's an easier sell, you know, um, it was like when I was at university of Arkansas at that time, you know, they're still one of the top two or three facilities in the entire country baseball wise. And, you know, I mean, we would have, you know, I was there five or six years and we had, you know, five, I think, you know, consecutive top 30 recruiting classes, you know, but that's not recruiting at that level with those type of facilities. That's more like selecting. Um, but here, you know, uh, these facilities really helped us out because we only did have one building and a lot of, you know, vacant land. So uh, at least the recruits that came in could at least see where they'd be practicing and playing, even though, you know, it, it, there's some obstacles you got to jump through, you know, because, you know, we're just the guests there and, and rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, when you can show them that, you know, a major league stadium and locker room and, and practice fields and, you know, they don't have to lift a rake or, or do anything, which is also a curse. <laughs> um you know, it, it makes all the difference in the world in, 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 in recruiting. And at the end of the day, uh, it's all about recruiting. You can ask any coach that's worth this salt. Uh, you know, when you recruit the right guys, they kind of make you look like you know what you're doing a little more. I'm, I'm not dumb. <laughs> well, you talk about uh, great recruiting and getting great players. I mean, the list of great players you coached uh, in your time at the NCAA Division One level, guys like Barry Zito, Doug Fister, Cliff Lee, Daniel Murphy. I mean, that list is, you can almost build a, an all-time team with just that list itself. How, how does it go when you're talking to these guys that have immense talents and um, you know that can make it in the big leagues? How do you convince them to come to your school and, and how do you sell a program to guys like that? Well, we were very fortunate, you know, like I said, when you're in the SEC, like when I was at Arkansas, that, that's more selecting, um, you know, is every school in that conference has great facilities, you know, but, uh, you know, when Cliff Lee decided to come to Arkansas, you know, it was a good fit for him. I mean, you know, he lived around uh, fairly close to the area. He was an outdoors guy. Um, you know, when I was at, for example, you know, Doug Fister at Fresno State or Matt Garza, you know, Matt, we was already recruited when we came in. So I, I inherited him as a freshman, but Doug, we recruited out of a junior college. And, and for him, it was the right fit because he wanted to be, you know, uh, close to home and, and, uh, you know, and then here, uh, you know, at, at Jacksonville, we, we were very, very lucky to, 
recruit a lot of pretty good players, boy. The, um, you know, in first round draft picks, the um, the third round draft picks, you know, and, and, you know, what it ends up coming down to is really, like I've said before, it has to be the right fit. Um, academically, athletically, uh, socially, and, and then you got to, you got to, you know, share with them, you know, your vision as a head coach and, you know, sometimes, you know, when I was at Jacksonville, for example, you know, geez, my first six years, I think we went to four regionals and, and the only other teams that, you know, that uh, were better than us were Florida, Florida State and Miami. Well, that's, that's pretty good company to be in, uh, associated with. But, you know, we would tell a lot of those players that came to us, you know, sometimes it's better to be a a big fish in a smaller pond, you know, and they kind of got the message, you know, because like I said, at those schools and, you know, at the ACC, SEC level, there's a lot of big fishes. And so it's going to affect a lot of times your playing time or your opportunities. And uh, so, you know, and it's almost the same thing here at, at, at OUAZ, you know, it, we're we're still a work in progress. Um, you know, we've got a lot of challenges. Um, and now things are starting to level out a little bit. Uh, we're, you know, now we're in a conference, um, you know, and, and, you know, now you share them, hey, you know, is it the right fit? You know, Christian University, uh, you know, private school academics, um, playing one of the best NAIA baseball conferences in the country. And then, you know, environment-wise, you know, a, a budding new, well, not really new, but a budding, you know, environment like Surprise, City of Surprise, who has the whole city, you know, behind you. And then, uh, you know, where do you feel like, you know, you're going you're gonna to fit in with all those things being said? And so every young man, every, every student athlete, every young lady, everything, everybody's different. So uh, that's where the recruiting process comes in and get to know those kids and build some relationships. And, you know, first few years, we didn't get a chance to, because it was like, Hey, you know, if you can lace up a shoe, you're, you know, let's go. <laughs> you're going to, we're going to, we're going to bring you aboard because we had to build something quick, you know, we only had uh, four and a half something months to, to bring in 44 players that first year. And, you know, now that we have a developmental program that we started last summer, you know, right now, you know, we're, we're, we're up to close to 80, 80 total players. That, that's huge. And so uh, you've got a lot of things to sell these, these young adults on. And, and at the end of the day, they've just got to feel like they can trust you. And, and, uh, and that's kind of, you know, recruiting 101 right there. Um, as you mentioned, uh, had to find 44 guys who could at least hold the bat correctly in year one to really growing that developmental program now in year three, heading into year four. What, what work and, and what did that take to be able to pretty much double your program in three years in a school that prior to this year wasn't postseason eligible in the NAIA, um, wasn't postseason eligible in a conference, how were you able to double your program with uh, all those restrictions that didn't get lifted until this year? Well, I mean, you know, you got to have good people around you. You know, I always say good leaders, head coaches, executive administrators, you know, they're, they're, you, you've got to have, for me, you got to have five things, you know, uh, and, and that's, you got to have the ability to communicate. You got to be able to motivate. You've got to be able to delegate and you've got to surround yourself with good people and you got to do all that with a good dose of humility. So in, in that first year, you know, my first hire was uh, Ryan Cisterna, who was with me all the way up until the day before school started. And then, uh, but he was a big part of the recruiting process. Uh, he, he was, I, I, I got him from Grand Canyon. He was a volunteer for a dear friend of mine, Andy Stankowitz. He's a, head coach at Grand Canyon University and he was with Stanky for 
you know, five, six years and he's from Arizona. So we hit the ground running recruiting and he did a, a really good job of, of, uh, of helping bring in that first class. And then, you know, he got an opportunity to move on to D1 over at Cal State Bakersfield, like I said, a week before school started. And then I ended up scrambling again. And I got another TCU guy, again, recommended by uh, Andy Stankowitz. And uh, I hired Ernesto Ortiz. And, you know, unfortunately, we just lost Ernesto, um, you know, due to budget cuts because of the uh, COVID-19. Uh, um but you know what, Ernesto did a great job for us. He's pretty much been my right-hand man and been by my side. And I'd be amiss if I didn't give him the credit that he deserves because um, he was a grinder. And, and uh, over the last three years, he, he, he's helped us put this program uh, on the map. And now with, you know, our, our young graduate assistant coaches that have come and moved on and and now we have uh, uh, my one remaining assistant, Jeff Fallon, who's now taken the developmental program and done a phenomenal job on the recruiting end there and another local uh, product. Um, you know, so it, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with and, uh, and then the vision that uh, you have uh, as, a, as a program. And, and uh, you know, so it's, it's a team effort every, everywhere from the coaching staff to the administrators to the missions people to financial aid uh you know to our security guys you know so you know it, it's it's definitely a team effort and, and if you ever forget that uh you know that's that's where things start to turn south you mentioned jeff fallon who like you said taking over the developmental program and doing a great job also your assistant coach what is he like um as a coach and why is he such the perfect fit to take over the developmental team? Well, he had his own, you know, his own business, Fallon Sports. Uh, and, you know, he did that for over 20 years. He was also a part-time major league scout, associate scout for over 20 years. And, you know, his job over the last 20 years with Fallon Sports was to, to help kids, uh, you know, find places to play across the country. You know, that was his job. So he, he was, you know, he's been recruiting for a long time and, and, and helping kids, uh, you know, figure out what their skill level was and, and, and figuring out what the right fit was. And, you know, he'd be in parents' homes and, and uh, you know, and that's what, that's what his, uh, his profession was with Fallon Sports, you know. And, and uh, so it was very natural. Uh, I got to know Jeff Fallon uh, through Ernesto, uh, and I believe – Jeff actually coached Ernesto way back when and then was an assistant with him at Valley Vista High School when Ernesto was the head coach there. And so uh, when they approached me <laughs> uh, seven weeks before school started last summer, you know, can you pull this off? Um, you know, uh, our administration was gracious enough to uh, allow me to hire another full-time assistant, and that was Jeff. And uh, you know, I basically told him, Hey, this is what we got in front of us. Do your thing. Um, you know, this is how, you know, I'd like to see us go about it. Uh, but you know what, you've been doing this and, and, uh, you know, you, you, you do what you do best. And, and, uh, you know, he's a very personable, uh, uh good Christian man, uh, just like all my coaches are, but, uh, Jeff's got a very easy demeanor very thorough, uh, really a man after my own heart in, in the way he is, pays attention to detail. So uh, he's been a really good fit, and, and uh, I'm glad to, that he's aboard. You know, and right now it's just uh, myself and, and uh, Jeff and my one GA that I have, Aaron Singh, who uh, has done a really good job in his first year, and then I have a – a volunteer who's going to be back with me, uh, Baylor Giannini, uh, who came over from uh, Arizona Christian uh, uh, last year. Uh, and, you know, we had a number of other volunteers that, you know, that were with us and that have come and gone. And, 
if it wasn't up to, you know, it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't be in the position we are in now. And to really see this thing start to take off and grow and going into year number four. Well, let's talk about those uh, two assistant coaches you just mentioned, uh, graduate assistant Aaron Singh, as well as Baylor Dini. First with Aaron, I mean, a guy who all conference, all region, all American was a Rawlings gold glove at shortstop at the University of Redlands. What does Aaron bring to the table as a guy who's succeeded at the college level, played professionally in Mexico, and um, in terms of, you know, he's not too far removed from college, so he can relate to those um, younger athletes a little bit more in terms of what they're going through in, in day-to-day life. What is it like to have a guy like that on the staff? Well, you know, Aaron brings a lot of enthusiasm, and that's, you know, and when you bring that uh, every day to the practice field, that energy rubs off, um, you know, and, and, and being closer to uh, his playing days, he has a pretty good understanding what those players are going through. Uh, you know, not that we don't, but, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a little bit of a, uh, a positive there when, when you can have a young person, uh, have that relationship with those players and you know that's the that's the challenge of being a young head a young coach I should say because you know they got to make sure that they draw that line in the sand and and, uh, know when to you know uh, be friends with the players and then you know know when they're kind of crossing the line in their relationship but you know Aaron was recommended to me by my old high school coach Mike Curran uh, who retired from Esperanza High School over 30 years. And Mike was my high school coach and uh, back at St. Paul High School. Uh, in fact, he was uh, Andy Stankwitz. Uh, and even Mike Gallego, who's the bench coach for the Angels, we all went to the same high school and played for Mike. But Mike's a Hall of Fame head coach. Uh, and he actually volunteered at the University of Redlands after his retirement. And that's where he got to know Aaron. And so he coached Aaron and he gave me a, a good solid recommendation and uh, I brought Aaron in and it's been a no-brainer so uh, he's he's learning he learned on the fly this past year you know and uh, you know I laughed because uh, uh, I had a, uh, another uh, GA who was with me for two years um, <laughs> and uh, I used to tell him that uh, you know I, I had to fire him like every day until he figured out how to do an itinerary correctly with all the details that uh, I expected. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so Aaron, Aaron's kind of getting the idea of, of uh, you know, of, uh, of what we're expecting now, what it takes at this level to, to really run a, a college program. And, you know, we're an NAI program, but, you know, just like, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of our coaches, we've, we, we run our program like a, a division one program as much as we possibly can, you know, uh, from top to bottom, because uh, that's what these kids, uh, you know, are looking for, you know, they're looking for that everyday communication organization, you know, make them feel like, uh, you know, they're getting the most at bang for their buck. And, you know, when you're going to a private school, uh, and getting that education, you know, there's also a price that you got to pay for that, and that's the economic part of it. So it's our responsibility to make sure we're doing the best job we can for these young student-athletes. Now, when we're talking about Baylor, it's a guy that um, played one year at Glendale Community College while I was working for the Glendale Community College baseball program. So um, very smart by the school to hire great uh, gaucho legends, per se. But um, – <laughs> Then uh, after his one year, he went and played at uh, ACU, uh, who's not only an in-state rival, but a conference rival as well. What is it like to have a guy who uh, has played a little bit of independent ball, had signed to play some this summer, um, and then just a guy that's had experience in the conference against teams like Westmont, like Menlo, who continue to produce great players that will go play professionally, um, whether it be in the MLB or some lower leagues, to have a guy like that that knows what it takes to compete in the conference. Well, Baylor, you know, again, you know, we've been real fortunate over the years to have some really good volunteer coaches, you know, um, and, and uh, you know, 
Baylor brings a breath of fresh air, you know, he's, uh, you know, he, he wants to be in this business. Um, you know, it's not because he's getting paid the big bucks. <laughs> uh, you know, so when you, when you, you know, when you volunteer for a couple of years, that's what's what you call paying your dues. And, um, you know, I, I shared with him, you know, you know, if you want to be in this thing, you know, you're really going to figure out by volunteering and there's not a paycheck coming in except maybe doing a camp here and there. But, you know, this is what you want to do. Here's the opportunity. And, you know, he brings a lot of knowledge too. you know, he's a type of uh, young coach that wants to get better. Uh, his faith's very important. And uh, he, he wears that on his sleeve and, and boy, what a, what a great role model uh, for our players to see him every day walking his faith. But, you know, he's ready to go. You know, he's, he's got these guys going, you know, we sit down, we talk pitching and we, this is what I want to see today. And boy, he, he gets it done. And, you know, he's, he's had his growing pains, but, you know, this second year, I really expect really good things uh, out of him. And, you know, when you've had a guy that's been through the ropes and has played in this conference, you know, he, that's important, uh, especially with these young kids coming in out of high school <clears throat> or some of these guys that haven't played uh, at the four-year level that, uh, you know, he can share those experiences just like Aaron does. And so um, they give Aaron, Aaron and Baylor and, you know, and all our, our, G, all our uh, other graduate assistants and volunteers we've had, you know, I've been pretty blessed because they've brought a lot of energy and, and it, you know, it's been important to them and, and uh, just about every one of them has moved on to, uh, you know, either in pro ball or gotten another full-time job. Uh, 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 at the, you know, D2, I'm really blessed to have, have the guys I have that surround me. So you mentioned the division one level and that's where you had come from um, coaching at Jacksonville. You had a, a good uh, season in 2016 um, where you finished over 500. It looked to be a turnaround year for the program at 33 and 22. Um, and in your three years as head coach at Jacksonville, you were over 500 in um, the Atlantic Sun Conference, but your contract wasn't renewed. After that, how did you find out about OUAZ, and what was that process like to bring you in as the head coach? <laughs> oh, boy, that, that's a whole nother podcast. But, uh, again, that was a God thing, you know. Um, God had a different plan for me, you know, we – in the three years that, you know, that I was head coach, we had gotten better every single year. And, and, uh, we, uh, that my last year, we, uh, I think we only finished a couple of games out of first place. And, and, uh, you know, we, we had some really big wins. We swept Florida state for the first time in school's history, all that good stuff. But, you know, we, we also went through four, I think it was four athletic directors in five years. And, uh, you know, baseball and at, and at that level, I, you know, I've seen just about everything. Um, and, you know, no matter what the situation was, you know, it was their decision that, you know, they pretty much wanted to go to with, with uh, a younger coach. Um, they ended up hiring my, uh, my younger assistant. Um, and so, you know, I just sat there and go, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, they said they were going to move in a new direction and, and that's all I got. And instead of complaining about it, instead of throwing anybody under the bus and, you know, and I probably could, but I didn't do that. I just moved forward and I said, all right, what do you got in store, God? And so that rest of that summer, uh, because they waited so long about a month after the season before they made that decision. I mean, all the D one jobs were gone. So I basically, you know, try to stay busy. Um, you know, shoot, I even drove Uber, um, uh, just to keep me from going crazy. Uh, and then, uh, when my severance package ended, they, I had a six month severance package. Um, my last paycheck was at the end of December. And then about two weeks later in January, phone calls, the, 
uh, phone rings and uh, my wife looks at me and she goes, who was that? And I said, well, I just got a surprise phone call. And she goes, coach, where? And I go, surprise, Arizona. <laughs> and she started laughing. She goes, you just got a surprise phone call to coach in surprise, Arizona. She goes, God's got a sense of humor. And I said, I guess so. And a week later, uh, they flew. Uh, Chancellor Eichner flew uh, my wife and, and uh, my 16-year-old, uh, 15-year-old son at the time, Adam, uh, out here. And, you know, we were out here for a few days, and they shared their vision with us. And, you know, we just prayed on it and uh, said, all right, Lord, if this is where you want us to be, you know, uh, we're going to trust you. And, you know, I've been away on the West East Coast for 11 years. My mom's 85, my dad's 88, and they're still living in the house I grew up in Whittier, California. So uh, they're at that age where anything could happen. And, and I just, I said, all right, this is, this has got to be the plan here. And, and uh, so we just trusted uh, our Lord and uh, packed our bags and, uh, and made the move. And, uh, and here we are going on uh, year number four. Now, I'm sure you've gotten plenty of uh, calls from some of your former colleagues, uh, maybe even talking to you about coming back to the D1 level and, you know, coaching at maybe some higher levels in the NAIA. But for you, why stay at OUAZ? Why, why this school? Why this program? And why this time? Well, you know, um, you know, any, anything can happen. You know, I mean, I – I basically, you know, my wife and I, we've talked about this a number of times and, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of, of the sport. You know, when you've been coaching for 30 plus years, you get to know quite a few people and, and, uh, and I've been blessed to have some success over the years and, and uh, it made some great relationships. So you're always going to have those people, you know, reach out to you and, and, you know, put a bug in your ear or whatever, but, you know, Darlene and I, we know that, you know, if we were ever to make a move, it would have to be a family thing first, you know. Um, you know, I've done the 25 years at the D1 level. You know, I've never started anything from the ground up. Um, you know, and, and our athletic director, Kevin Steele, is you know, has given us all an opportunity to, to start something here. And, and uh, you know, so... It, when you put all the time and effort into it, you know, you, you like to see it, you know, the, the fruits of your labor, uh, you know, flourish. And, um, you know, we, uh, we've had some success, uh, you know, but we've had, we've had some, you know, we've had some ups and downs and, you know, a lot of it had to do with, with some eligibility problems. And, you know, that's why you look at that second year where our record was is, you know, be honest with you, I mean, we had to forfeit all our wins and we we're heading our way back in the postseason play. Uh, I think at that time when we were about 18 and 12 and we had just come off of uh, NCCAA uh, World Series appearance that first year. So uh, and then this past year, you know, we started off to a slow start uh, again by losing our top three pitchers before the season even started. Uh, and uh but the last couple of weeks, you know, we, we played, we were playing, started to play extremely well. And I, I remember making a comment to coach Ortiz or Ernesto that uh, we're, we're going to sneak into this conference tournament. Um, and uh, this, some guys, we started figuring out the pitching on the, and uh, piecing that together. Some of the guys that were pressing early in the middle of our lineup were starting to swing the bats. So we've got some unfinished business, you know, and then they cut the season. And so now we'll never know, but uh you know, you want to see this thing, you know, flourish and, and uh, whenever that day is where you do hand it off, you know, you, you want to make sure you hand it off in the best possible shape uh, that you can. Um, and, you know, like, again, you know, our, our administration is, uh, has been there, uh, you know, for us and, and um, you know, giving us as much as possible. I mean, you know, when you're building something new and, and, you know, now you're dealing with uh, this COVID-19 uh, deal. Um, you know, things get tough and, and they're going to continue to change and we're going to continue to have adversities and, you know, but, uh, 
nobody knows how how hard these coaches uh, work, uh, you know, than than themselves and their staffs and and uh, and you know, in our athletic uh, administration, you know, you just hope that uh, you know that everybody stays as positive as they can and keep grinding and, and nobody gets taken for granted or any of the situations, you know, that come along with, uh, with all of this that we're dealing with now. And, uh, you know, I just wish the best for, for all of our, our, our coaches and all our sports. And, uh, you know, it, you gotta keep, you gotta just keep relying on your faith and keep grinding and keep, uh, you know, telling every day when you wake up, Hey, it's a great day to be alive. But, you know, those, those are the things I think get, gets us all fired up and with not just myself with our program, but with the other coaches. And, uh, you know, so I think it's more of, of seeing this thing get off the ground and flourish and, com- and compete at a national level is, is probably uh, the main reason why we are all doing this. And, and you know, it's that competitive fire that, that every coach here on campus has. Uh, now I know the, Listeners obviously can't see because this is, uh, it'll be audio only, but you and I are recording this through Zoom. And uh, the hat you're wearing right now, an OUAZ hat that has the initials DB inscribed in the side of it for uh, Dr. David Barnes, who was uh, unfortunately passed during the school year, but uh, had a great impact on the school, the leader of Spirit Life. Um, Really the campus's big event uh, gathers the whole school together. What did he mean to you personally? And what did he mean to the baseball program um, while he was here at OUAZ and um, the impact that he made on you personally and on your baseball program? Well, he was one of the first, you know, David was one of the first people I met uh, that very first week we came out to visit. Uh, you know, he was, I interviewed with him and, you know, he loved baseball, you know, he loved baseball. I mean, you know, um, he, he was, part of, uh, you know, I remember when him telling me stories about when he used to coach and, uh, he was just so passionate, you know, and I, and he even, even had his hand in and over at ACU, uh, uh, years and years ago. Uh, but just his, uh, his zest for life, uh, his passion for people, uh, you know, I can remember one of the very first big recruiting trips I took that first year, that summer, uh, I went out to Iowa Western, um, and uh, David's uh, lovely wife and, and kids were still living in Nebraska, and he says, Coach, I'm going out there this weekend, you know, uh, maybe maybe uh, my wife and I can take you out to, you know, to dinner, and, and Iowa Western just on the other side of the Nebraska border there, uh, the state line. And so, you know, I drove out and, and I, and I met, uh, you know, him and his lovely wife and, and, uh, you know, we, uh, I think we met, uh, at a, uh, a Chinese restaurant or something like that. And we just had a great time. He was so proud, uh, you know, of, uh, um, you know, just everything, you know, of, of where he's, uh, where he came from and, and, uh, you know, the opportunities that he had in front of him, he was so excited and, uh, it, w- it was just a, a great evening, uh, just the three of us and, you know, his faith and his, uh, you know, unyielding, um, belief in our, in our student athletes in our student body in general uh you know he could he, he could tell you a story now let me tell you and you know you, you almost you, you had to find a way to get out of his office <laughs> but uh but that was just the passion that he had you know and, and uh, you know there wasn't a day went by whenever i came by or he saw me and you know hey monty you know and and uh, hey i'll be at your game and so forth and uh, so, you know, when he passed away, uh, you know, that was just, uh, and, and of course, nobody knew, really knew what, what, what it was, because he kept that to himself. Um, you know, he kept telling me he was going on, he was the keto diet. <laughs> so, 
I was like, well, that keto diet, that doesn't, that's, you know, I said, be careful, you know, but I didn't really, I didn't know. He just, but he, he, he wanted to stay on campus and, and be around the student athletes. And, and that's why he kind of kept that to himself and, and be around the students in general. Um, because that was so important to him. And then, you know, it, and then when the Lord took him, you know, it, it was, it was his time to go. And, and, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was just a blessing in the short time that I got to know him. And, um, I remember when I introduced him to Russ Ortiz, who he's a retired, uh, major league pitcher, pitched for the giants and a number of other teams. But I coached Russ back in high school when he was my youngest son's godfather. In fact, him and his wife are his godparents, but Russ is retired now out in Mason. I remember Russ has his own, uh, golf apparel business. And so I hooked him up and I remember Russ came in and, and uh, uh, talked to, to David in his office, you know, to, to get some shirts made for spirit life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he, he knew all of Russ's stats. He knew his whole history. And uh, it, was, it was really neat to, to, to see how uh, involved he was with, uh, with Russ and, Russ comes out of that office, out of his office. He goes, man, he knew more about me than I did. <laughs> but that was David. That was David. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, he was definitely a, a big impact, not on just me, but, all, you know, a lot of people on campus. And that was one of the reasons why we, uh, we dedicated, well, we were trying to dedicate this season by putting his initials on the side of our caps. And uh, Dr. Barnes, like you said, always involved and always wanting to get to know uh, anybody he came in contact with and was huge in the growth uh, of this university in surprise. And another big uh, building block that came up and finally opened um, this year was the Odell Center, the three-story building, um, holds Faith Arena, holds uh, the brand new offices and press boxes. I know anytime I see uh, Coach Jeff Fallon walking around with a recruit, um, showing them the building, he's always beaming. His eyes are always lit up and, and smiling. But for you, what was it like to finally step in that building and, and have your nice office and um, really have a place that felt like your own outside of the ballpark? Oh, it's just, yeah, it was so refreshing. It was almost like, you know, uh, all the sacrifices and all the meetings in, uh, you know, in my, in my home with my coaches and, you know, in our little cubicles and, you know, uh, little tables and stuff like that. I, I, you know, you almost sit back and you laugh when you think about that, but then you, you sit there and go, boy, what a blessing to, to be able to shut your door and have some privacy. <laughs> in fact, when, you know, I, I shared the office with, uh, with, with two of our coaches and and I told them I said hey for the first two hours in the morning I don't want you guys in the office that's my time <laughs> <laughs> so, uh you know so I don't I don't I don't let them get in until uh you know until about 10 o'clock in the morning I said work from home until then but uh no it, it, it's just you know it's just a reminder of how blessed we are and how far we've come and uh you know uh and there's a lot, you know, a lot more in store, you know, we just got to get over this hump and, and, uh, you know, everybody's doing their part, uh, to, to try to make ends meet and, and, uh, tighten their, you know, their, their purse strings. And, and, uh, you know, we just got to pull up our bootstraps and, and keep going forward. But, you know, when you walk into that building, you know, it's that weight room, uh, that weight room, you know, is better than a lot of uh, division one programs, mid division one programs that, that I've seen and been around and, and our athletic, the whole athletic facility is, is a legitimate division one uh, program, you know? Um, so, you know, when you have facilities like that, uh, you know, you know, that had to be a, a God thing. And, and I think everybody realizes that. As you mentioned before, the COVID-19 pandemic shut down your season and you guys are preparing for um, 2021. For you, next year, your team was starting to figure it out, probably going to sneak into the conference tournament towards the end of the year uh, before everything got shut down. But for you, what does improvement look like next season? What, 
what has to happen for you to feel, okay, we made that next step, we made progress and, and are continuing to move forward? Well, that next step is, you know, and I'm gonna say this boldly, um, but that next step's gotta be on the academic side of things from, from all the way around. Um, you know, our, our, our Achilles heel has been our uh, eligibility uh, problems. Um, you know, we've kind of, I think we've, you know, with the hiring of Alex Blazer, who has done a phenomenal job in, in uh, being a, uh, our, our compliance director. Uh, but we, we've got to do a good job, not only as our program, but as a university and, and uh, you know, really uh, making sure that uh, we cross all our T's and dot our I's academically. And, and with our leadership, uh, you know, from President Tyner all the way down, uh, there's no reason now going into year number four, you know, that uh, we figured some things out, uh, learned some lessons, um, you know, and that's just all part of starting something new. I don't care if you're starting a new university or a, or a new business, uh, but now we've got to take what we've learned and, and uh, really make sure that, you know, uh, these these young students that come in, you know, and, and uh, are paying the, uh, you know, the the money that they need to pay to, to go to a private school. And I get it because I'm a product of the private school environment. I mean, I went to private high school, private grammar school. I went to Pepperdine University. But, uh, you know, uh, the academic part of it is when we, when we, start the season and we don't have anybody that's worrying about eligibility and you're always going to have one or two guys, you know, that's just part of, that's just part of uh, athletics, college athletics. But we need, we need to make sure for us as a baseball program that, you know, our guys are understanding what's important. It starts in the classroom because when you've got guys that are accountable in the classroom and you can ask any of our coaches, they, they end up being low maintenance guys. And that's what you're looking for is low maintenance guys, you know, and when you have low maintenance guys, you know, they, they're a little more freed up to learn on the field and, and understand things. And, and they're a little more, you know, uh, susceptible to, you know, coaching and, and, and tough coaching and tough love, you know, but uh, so we've got to really do a good job. guys that are you know always living on the edge like I said you're always going to have a couple guys but there's no reason why we shouldn't have a 3.0 team GPA every single year so <clears throat> eventually down the road my hope for the university was will be to you know to keep growing get over this hump with this this pandemic and then once economically we start really start to uh, get back on our feet you know we continue to grow as a campus and uh, you know, have all the, the resources and the resource centers that we need. And uh, man, we do that. Watch out! This place is going to take off like you've never you've never seen. And that's so. That's my hope. That's when I'll know. Uh, you know, we've taken that that turn because the baseball end of things, you can't do anything baseball wise. You know, if, if uh, these guys aren't getting it done in the classroom, so. Uh, but I'm excited for the future, you know, and like I said, we've got great leadership from the top all the way down and, you know, and uh, like I always tell my coaches and I tell our players, you know, leader, you know, good, good team chemistry, good leadership, good school chemistry starts from the locker room or, or the offices uh, on out, you know, it's, it's, it's gotta be that type of, uh, uh, you know, leadership uh, uh, philosophy. So, uh, like I said, we've, I think we're real close and, uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, we can just do as much as we can as coaches. And then when the spring rolls around, you know, it's time for the players to play. You know, I always tell them in the fall, you know, our jobs as coaches is to teach and demand and your job in the spring is to prepare and perform. So, uh, uh I think we're getting closer to there and, and, uh, you know, 
uh, I think uh, good things are, are in store, not just for us, but for the whole entire university. You're right. Uh, the good things continue to build, even though the arena and the Odell Center opened up to uh, great fanfare and, and great facilities and great amenities. It only seems like just the beginning for this school. So, Coach, we appreciate your time. Is there any final words you want to give to the OUAZ fans, the OUAZ community, um, as we start to approach the fall and uh, get things hopefully back up and running come August? Well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with this this COVID uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, all I can, all we can do as coaches uh, and administrators is control what we can control. Uh, and then, you know, but we just want to make sure that the community of surprise knows that we appreciate them. And, and uh, it's so exciting to come out and, you know, I know when we opened up in the main stadium this past February, we had pretty good crowd, you know, um, and uh, that was exciting, you know, and then when you go to a football game and, and it's sold out, you know, that's exciting. So uh, I think the more that the university grows and the more success that uh, our athletic programs have, uh, the more involved you're going to see our community. And I, I just want to let them know that we sure appreciate being here in surprise and, and we just hope to build, keep building relationships with the, with the community out here and, you know, and, um, you know, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs and tough times ahead for everybody, but, uh, you know, we're all in this together. We stick together and, and rely on our faith in God. And, um, you know what, he's never going to put us in, give us anything that we can't handle. That's not going to make us stronger. And, and, and that's kind of what I, uh, look to every day, you know, especially after the things, uh, that I've been through with my own son, uh, Adam over the last couple of years, you know, uh, dealing with his, uh, you know, his situation. And, uh, and now, he, you know, he's flourished as a, as a, as a young man living out in Colorado. I'm so excited for him. And, and you know, so, uh, but like I said, we're, we're just appreciative to be here and, and having the opportunity to, uh, to see this Christian university grow here in, in the city of surprise. Well, Coach, once again, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, hope you enjoyed your experience on the Founders Podcast, and uh, we're looking forward to not only seeing you in the spring, but hopefully talking to you sooner than that. Hey, you got it. Seth, I think you need a little haircut there, man. My, you know, my wife can give haircuts now. <laughs> they, I'm, they, they, they may not be, uh, you know, at the, at the professional level, but uh, I let her work on my, on my head a couple of times so far over the last 11 weeks. <laughs> Well, it's it's starting to get a little long. I haven't uh, gotten a cut since right before school started, so I uh, might have to go in for the yearly haircut and maybe swing by the Montez house to get one of those. <laughs> All right, I'll have you sign a liability form. Thanks a lot again, and uh, you take care, and I appreciate you.